heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law to you with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Because Lent is starting so late this year, I checked this is only the third time in my 20 years of priestly ministry that I have preached on the seventh Sunday in ordinary time. A lot of times by now we have already begun Lent and the seventh Sunday just gets skipped for that year, but not this year. And so it's always interesting to, to meditate on a series of readings that, we, that I don't hear of, at least combined together as they are, as, as, um, as often as others. I think the thing, that, um, the thing that strikes me is St. Paul telling the Corinthians in his letter to them, you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. This is a theme that I mention typically during when I baptize an infant and after I have read the gospel speaking about what the effects of baptism are. And one of those effects is the Holy Spirit sets up camp inside of each of us. We become temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit continues to be with us each and every moment of our life from that moment on. The third person of the Trinity is always with us. And he's not just residing, he is actively leading us on the right path that leads to heaven. We all talk about having a guilty conscience. 
Or we talk about that little voice in our heads telling us when we're faced with kind of a moral choice. Do I take this or not? Do I decide to do this action or not? That is the Holy Spirit trying to urge us, nudge us to select the good and reject the evil. Because the more and more we select what is right, what is good, the more and more we condition our heart to choose for the good, most especially when we are faced with a really big decision, a moral decision, a decision that could lead us down the wrong path, possibly a path that would mean for us to be condemned to hell. So the Holy Spirit calls us to recognize our sin, kind of, kind of prepares the seed ground of our heart so that we may be contrite and thus seek out forgiveness from our Savior Jesus, most especially in the sacrament of, the recon- of reconciliation. I think this is actually great timing for us to hear this message because we are about ready to start Lent. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. When I, when I say that we're getting ready to, to start Lent, and I'm not asking for a show of hands, maybe there's a few of you out there that are excited about Lent, look forward to Lent, but I suspect most of you are feeling a, seri- a sense of dread, of foreboding, thinking of Lent as being kind of a laborious time, a time of giving up things. We give up meat on Fridays. We give up that extra meal when we fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. We give up whatever we choose in our own personal resolutions, desserts, time, in, time on our electronic screens or what have you. It just seems like it's something we just try to get through. And I suppose the other thing that makes it kind of feel this way is it feels like at times it lasts forever, doesn't it? I mean, Advent, Advent this year was as long as it could be. We got in basically four weeks of Advent. And yet, because we are busy, because we are preparing for Christmas Day, buying presents, wrapping presents, because we are attending office Christmas parties and the like, Advent seems to go by like that. But Lent seems to be a much tougher slog. And I think that the problem is is that we look to Lent as being something we just have to endure until we get to all of a sudden eat all of those treats that we gave up on Easter morning, pick up our screens and scroll for half the day. So instead, maybe we need to be looking at Lent in a more positive nature. After all, Jesus is telling us in today's gospel, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
Jesus is basically telling us in this gospel, don't, don't look at the low bar. You know, loving your neighbor, hating your enemy. I want you to go way above that and love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive those who have betrayed you. Because it is about building a heart full of mercy and love. We have already experienced Christ's gift of mercy and love throughout our lives. But it's supposed to make a difference in my heart. It's supposed to make my heart more generous, more selfless, not self-centered. It's supposed to motivate me to look out for the needs of the other, even if it means forsaking some of my own. When we speak of the sacrifices of Lent, we have to be, remind ourselves we are in the presence every time we come to Mass of the great sacrifice. The Son of God willingly giving up his life on the cross and then inviting us every time we come to Mass for us to participate in that sacrifice, for us to witness that sacrifice, and for us to be, our hearts to be changed by that sacrifice. There's a reason why we call Jesus' heart sacred. Because that was always, always his intention and motivation and to love one another as I have loved you. And all we have to do is think of one of those last words that Jesus said. After he had been arrested and accused falsely, after he had been beaten, after he had been nailed to the cross and left to be hung until he breathed his last, at the end of all of that, his response is, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. That is the sacrifice that brings eternal life. That is the sacrifice that purges us of our own self-centeredness. That is the sacrifice that, yes, we will celebrate on, during Holy Week, but we shouldn't wait till Holy Week because every time we gather together in this church to celebrate this sacrament, we participate in that great sacrifice. And so, my dear friends, we truly are loved by our God. We are loved by our Heavenly Father who created us. We are loved by our Savior who gave up his life for us and offered us the gift of eternal life. And we are loved by the Holy Spirit who at the moment of our baptism took up residence in our hearts, making our bodies temples of the Holy Spirit and continuing to lead us to that right path where we will receive the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus made to us, the gift of eternal life.